everybody, Chris Harry with you on a Hall of Fame edition of the Chargers Training Camp Podcast. Today I'm joined by Chargers radio analyst Nick Hardwick. Nick shares his favorite LT memories and stories and also recaps the first week of Chargers Camp. But first, I spoke with NFL Network Steve Weish, who's in Canton for this weekend's Hall of Fame festivities. All right, the Pro Football Hall of Fame induction ceremony is Saturday at 4 p.m. Pacific on NFL Network. Please be joined by the network Steve Weish on the Chargers Training Camp Podcast. Steve, an authority on the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I appreciate you joining me, sir. Oh, thanks so much for having me on. I mean, it's such a special weekend. The Hall of Fame is where the greats, you know, all come together. They get shown the love by the fans that they've earned over the years. And, you know, I like to tell people on the NFL calendar, other than the Super Bowl, this is pretty much the cherry on top when it comes to NFL and just all the special things. We're so excited for Saturday. And, and Steve, if you could set the scene for us in Canton right now, I know things are a little bit different this year. The The Hall of Fame game is actually now played on a Thursday night, and the Cardinals and Cowboys went at it yesterday. And I know the gold jacket ceremony is tonight. So if you could set the scene for what's going on in Canton right now. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's really awesome. As you mentioned, the game was Thursday, um, and they usually don't you know, play the game Thursdays. It's usually at the very end, but they felt that this is a great way to kick off momentum. When I say they, the organizers from the Pro Football Hall of Fame, great way to kick off momentum for the week. And it allows them just to tweak the schedules a little bit to make it a little, to accommodate, you know, the the, the gold jackets um, that are going in and that are already in and the fans. So the gold jacket ceremony, which is tonight, is probably when the reality sinks in for the class of 2017 every year this is when oh my goodness i'm in i'm in the club now because they walk through a gauntlet of all of the surviving gold jackets who come back to canton um and they're and they're welcome there's a lot of events where these guys are basically like you're in it now there's 310 of us you know these busts in the hall they last for 40 million years by all accounts and, and so you know they really start to feel this is when the emotional part of what this is about starts to surface and then the enshrinement ceremony which is saturday evening that's you know that's the big deal for all of these guys because all summer long they've been preparing speeches and, and editing and trimming and trying not to forget people's names um you know that's a, it's always a big historical television moment when someone's got that great sound bite or that great emotional um outburst and then sunday which is the coolest thing it's not televised i actually emcee a round table of each incoming class. And it's at the, the Canton Civic Center, about 3,500 people in attendance. And all the pressure's off now. These guys have had their parties. They've gone through all the drills and machinations of the weekend so they can sit back and for an hour, they tell the best stories and just give you the most, it, it's so incredible. I mean, this is something, it's, it's a made for TV event. I mean, if, if we ever do televise it or, or, or whenever that happens, People will see these guys in real form at ease, just having a special football conversation and life conversation, which will really, really touch um, a lot of raw nerves and emotions in people. And Steve, it's such a star-studded class when you talk about Jerry Jones and then your NFL Network teammates, Terrell Davis and Kurt Warner. But on this side of town, obviously the headliner is LaDainian Tomlinson, first ballot Hall of Famer, 13,600 rushing yards, 145 rushing touchdowns. What stands out to you if you had to put a bow on such an amazing career? I just think it's, it's humble production. I mean, this is a guy who never had to tell anybody how great he was. 
Um, he never showed off. He almost always delivered. It's unfortunate, you know, in a couple of big moments he had some injuries uh, where people actually questioned his, his toughness at the time, um, which was unbelievable. And then the fact that even after, you know, he, he's always going to be remembered as a Charger, without a doubt. But even at the end of his career, when he, when he played with the Jets, when you talk to Woody Johnson, the owner of the Jets, and people of that organization, they will tell you that in the few years he was there, they've rarely had a leader and a class human being make the difference that he's made, especially in that short window. So, you know, when you, when you look at, you know, some of the great games, some of the great performances, the 31 touchdown season, um, it's just amazing. And he did it all. I mean, he ran, he caught, he threw it. You know, he, he did it all and is clearly along with Marshall Falk and a couple other running backs in history, one of the most complete running backs to ever play the game. And you've gotten to know him as a colleague at the NFL Network, and you know the type of person that LT is. What does it mean to you personally to get to watch him get inducted this weekend, along with, you know, obviously, Warner and Terrell Davis as well? It's, it's you know, it's amazing. It's, you know, it's crazy. I'm going to use this kind of comparison, but you know, I've, got, I've got three kids. You know, they've graduated from high school. One just graduated from college. And it's like seeing someone that you really know and you're not proud of them because you know them and they're being honored, but you're proud of them because so many of their peers and so many other people respect them. That That's the one thing that's hard to really capture at the Hall of Fame unless you're here. There are people traveling from all over the world. You know, they've saved up for years to take a vacation to come here to just see these guys, to be in the same area code as these guys, as they get honored. And it's, you know, Terrell Davis and Kurt Warner and LaDainian Tomlinson, three of the most special, humble, genuine human beings you're ever going to meet. And, you know, knowing how great they were on the field and covering them as reporters, one thing, but just seeing such quality human beings be honored for being among the greatest ever it, it, it is impossible to describe, and, and it's just so special. Again, the humility of these guys and just the actual um, authenticity of great men. I mean, that's all I think about. I mean, knowing them, I don't even think about how great of football players they were. I think about just how genuine. You know, when you're in a room with these guys, and I know I'm rambling, and, I'm, and, I'm a, and, I, and I like to consider myself a pretty solid human being. I end the conversation with one of these guys or a group of them. I always leave it saying, I've got a long way to go to be a better man. That's how special these guys are. Wow. I couldn't have said it better. Everyone knows what LT has meant, not only to the Chargers organization, but the community in Southern California. Steve, I want to go back to something you alluded to earlier, because you've talked to enough Hall of Famers over the years to know that this is a celebration, but at the same time, there may be a little anxiousness when it comes to actually giving the speech and making sure oh, yeah. you take the time to thank everyone and say everything that you want to say. I actually talked to LT earlier this week, and he said, hey, the speech is done. Now it's all about the performance and the delivery. Um, how do you think these guys balance the, the celebration aspect of the weekend uh, while at the same time making sure they deliver that speech the right way, the way they want to do it on Saturday? Well, the, this is the great thing about, you know, at least 
our guys, you know, Kurt and LT and TD doing television is that they've actually had a ton of practice doing public speaking. A lot of these guys have never, never done it. That's true. You know, yeah, Jerry Jones talks a lot. He's done it. But I mean, guys, Morton Anderson, you know, or Kenny Easley. Kenny Easley is going to be fantastic, by the way. Jason Taylor, he's done TV. Um, you know, other than maybe Tony Gonzalez, the best looking guy ever to play in the NFL. <laughs> so, you know, you know, but the, but they're going to be smooth. But you better believe right now, you know, and I was talking to Kurt about this two days ago. They're thinking so much about that speech. Like, I, I really – and, and part of it is because there's been so many great speeches before them. I mean, these things live forever. And, you know, you see the soundbite of Marshall Falk saying, this is football heaven. I mean, that soundbite lives forever. Um, or some of the things Chris Carter or, you know, it, it, it's just, you know, so living up to that is really on these guys' minds. And, again, more than anything, these are macho guys, right? Every time they start talking about their wives or their kids or their parents, it's over. The tears come. And no matter how much these guys are sitting here right now, like, I got to get through this without crying, they're going to cry. And, you know, so they're trying to really compartmentalize their emotions um, until they get to that crescendo of their speech when they know, you know, the vault's going to open <laughs> and the water's going to start to flow. <laughs> and LT's presenter, Steve, is, is Lorenzo Neal. And they were really synonymous in many respects in that Chargers backfield. How much of a thrill is it for players like Lorenzo to be a part of this weekend, being that he played such an you know, instrumental role in, in LT's success in San Diego? Okay, what I'm going to say is an inside joke, but I'm really hoping Lorenzo doesn't wear one of those five-button uh, sport coats that he likes to wear. <laughs> you, think he may, um, you think he may do that? <laughs> <laughs> he, may, he may come zoot-suited up. We'll see. <laughs> but no, this is – look, Lorenzo Neal was instrumental in a lot of ways to helping LT get these yards. It, it's, a great, it's a great honor. And, you know, I, I think about um, last year when Donnie Shell, the great Steelers safety, who should be in the Hall of Fame um, – who basically started ahead of Tony Dungy when Tony Dungy was with the Steelers for a couple of years when he was a presenter. And, you know, I know Donnie and it means, you know, just for, just for, it's almost like, you know, when your buddy says, well, you'd be my best man. Or your brother asked you to be his best man at a wedding. You're like, wow, out of all the people you could have asked, he chose me. So it's a very, very special event. I know Loneal um, and LT are tight, but you know, again, it's, it's you know, the, pre the presentation, we talk about presenters, all they're really going to do is walk up on stage and introduce a video that they pretty much narrated, but it's been prepackaged and pre-produced. But just to be up there in front of 25, 30,000 people in the stadium, and you, you're going to have probably more than 150 gold jackets in, in kind of a gallery, to be able to stand in front of, you know, you're like a, almost like, the gladiator in the Coliseum at a big event, to be able to stand there and be able to consume all that to introduce your friend. Oh my God. I mean, Loneal, I'm sure it's going to be just as powerful for him as it is, is going to be for most of the guys who are going in. It's going to be, it's going to be an incredible weekend. We're, we're really looking forward to it. Steve, I want to get you out of here on this. We're excited to see you and Coast Mace at some point this season. The first week of Chargers training camp is coming to a close. Uh, what are your overall thoughts on this Chargers team in 2017, moving up to L.A. And, and, of course, playing in the StubHub Center this year? Yeah, you know, I like this team. I, you, for months I've been on NFL Network saying this is, this is the team to watch. We don't really know which direction it's going to go, but they've got the talent that's pretty good. 
um, if not really good. Now, they play in the toughest division in the NFL, top to bottom. There's no weak sisters, but health is the issue. We've already seen, you know, Mike Williams and, and Lamp go down with, you know, with Williams potentially season ending and Lamp season ending. And you're just hoping like, my God, you know, can the Chargers stay healthy so we can just see how good they can be, you know, at, at this point of Phillip Rivers' career? I think Anthony Lynn is a fantastic coach. I think he's put together a very good staff. Um, the run game is going to be uh, important. I mean, they, they've got some talented players on defense, too. I mean, there's no reason that they shouldn't be a contender for the AFC West. There's no reason. I mean, yeah, Denver is what it is. The Raiders are what they are. The Chiefs are what they are. But the, there's no reason why we shouldn't be talking by midseason talking about the Chargers being in that conversation. That said, after seeing what the Rams went through with the relocation, this isn't nearly as radical as what they had to do in terms of moving halfway across the country, but it's not easy because, you know, it's not just the football players. It's, it's the entire staff and it's trying to figure out, you know, a lot of, I mean, just so many things that they didn't even think of where my kids going to go to school, you know, where the doctors are going to be. Oh, our marketing people, we've got to connect with folks in downtown LA. Now we've got to connect with people in Orange County. There's so many wheels in motion right now that it's, it, it, is, it, it impacts everybody. You know, the football players and coaches like to say, hey, we have to control what's on the field, but it impacts everybody. If they can compartmentalize, when I say they, the players and coaches, compartmentalize everything they have to deal with, um, they've got a shot. And, and I do think it's going to be really cool them playing in the StubHub Center and kind of the boutique stadium, as we're, we're calling it. I think that's, that could work to their advantage very much because I think a lot of teams are going to be thrown coming in. They're like, wow, this is a small stadium. This is, this is kind of cool. We're, we're playing in the club instead of in the arena. And, um, you know, I think that should work to the advantage. So overall, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about what's going on with the chargers again, but that, that whole relocation thing is a lot more serious than maybe at first blush. We're just over a week away from the first preseason game at StubHope Center against the Seattle Seahawks. I'll be there. You'll, you'll be there. Perfect. Are you going to be in Costa Mesa at all there. this week? Uh, no, I've uh, you know got to finish the Hall of Fame stuff. Uh, I'm, since I'm up here, I'm going to be with the Browns, and then I've got to go uh, to some other some other assignments down in New Orleans. Perfect. Well, we look forward to seeing you at StubHub next weekend. He's Steve Weish. You can follow him on Twitter, at Weish89. Does outstanding work at NFL Network. Steve, I can't thank you enough for your time today. I appreciate you having me on. All right, pleased to be joined by Nick Hardwick on the Chargers Training Camp Podcast. You can hear him along with Matt Money-Smith for all Chargers game broadcasts this season on KFI AM 640 and the first preseason game just over a week away. Nick, thanks for joining me, buddy. How you doing? Hey, thanks, Chris. I'm doing quite well. Looking forward to the season getting going officially. Man, can you believe it? We got what we're taping this on a Friday, so just less than about nine days away from the first preseason game at StubHub. It's wild. You can't wait for it to get here, and it seems like it's taken absolutely forever during the doldrums of off season. But once it starts to near, it just closes in so quickly. And I used to have a coach tell me, one of my offensive line coaches used to say blink and it'll be Thanksgiving. And that used to be kind of our mantra to get us through training camp. But now it's like, crap, it's going to be Thanksgiving before we know it. I'm running out of time. Well, you know, it's like blink and the first week of camp is over. It's pretty wild how, how quickly this week has gone by. And I want to get into camp and uh, your thoughts on the first week. But first, 
We got to talk LT, a teammate of yours for six seasons. How good do you feel for this guy? It's just such a proud moment for everybody who's been involved in LT's life. I'm sure his family is incredibly proud of him. All the coaches, all the teammates he's had over the years are just wildly proud. The Chargers organization couldn't be prouder. And me, myself, I'm just, I'm really thankful and grateful that I got to participate in such a fantastic ride that he took us on. And he made the offensive line look good. Yeah, we did a lot of work for him on his behalf, but he really had the skills, the instincts, the dedication, and the study habits to make him the Hall of Famer that he is. He's a phenomenal guy, and, and what a tremendous football player. I talked to Steve Weish about this earlier. Lorenzo Neal is, is presenting him at the Hall of Fame, and there's got to be a level of satisfaction, the fact that he was such an instrumental part of LT's career, and, and the same could be said for you. What does it mean for you personally when you see LT get that gold jacket on Saturday, being that you had such a big part in his career? Yeah, I think everybody essentially feels the same way. And I know for me, it's just, I'm really thankful. I'm just thankful that I got to participate in such a great era of Charger football. I'm thankful that I happened to be the center at the time when there was such a tremendous running back. I'm thankful that we had the pieces in place on that offensive line to make the most of the skill set and the tool that we had running behind us. We had Phenomenal blocking tight end and Brandon Manumaliuna. We had Lorenzo Neal. We had gates that opened up and spread it out a little bit. And I'm really thankful that I just got lucky to be at the right place at the right time to get to participate in his career. The the one memory that sticks out to me regarding LT, I'm from the Washington, D.C. area. And I remember 2005, you guys played the Redskins. And you're down in the fourth quarter. I think it's 17-10 LT breaks off a 32-yard touchdown, it goes to overtime. And I want to say it's like one of the first two plays of overtime. He seals it with a 41-yard touchdown in overtime to beat the Redskins. And that's just a small sample size of how this guy could take games over. I mean, he was was that lethal. He was, and that was one of my greatest LT memories with that game in 2005. And the overtime victory, the walk-off touchdown, I think about that one. I think about a walk-off touchdown that we had against the Tennessee Titans, where I believe in 2007 in Nashville, we were down 17 to nothing at half, and we were just playing like dog crap. There was a late touchdown by LT to tie it up, rushing touchdown, and then in overtime, it was our standard play to finish games off, and it was 50 power, and he hit it once again, and it seemed to be that play that really – exemplifies what LT was as a charger was 50 power over and over again. And we had the right guys to do the double team. We had the right guy to do the polls and we certainly had the right guy running the ball, but that, that Washington Redskins play the Tennessee Titans play, and then the historic run against the Denver Broncos where he broke this single season touchdown mark for a running back. Those plays were all the same and they are all the iconic LT moments. Yeah, there's countless memories, and I'm sure, Nick, there's countless stories. Do you have a story or two that you can share with fans that, that they may not know or anything during your time with LT that, that's appropriate for this weekend? I was always awestruck by LT, especially a younger guy. He was older, and he was already a mega star in the National Football League, so I was still a little bit starstruck. And admittedly, during my first season, him and I didn't have a ton of interaction just because probably I didn't want to necessarily 
be asking him questions and being all fanboyish, but he took his whole entire offensive line and the tight ends and Lorenzo Neal out to Hawaii when he made the Pro Bowl at the end of 2004. And I had my first real moment of alone time with LT, and it was off the balcony of one of the hotel rooms at the Pro Bowl there. And I, I had my first real moment where I got to ask him questions, kind of unabated, and do a little fanboy experience for me so that was the one where I just asked him I said what's life like do you can you live a normal existence can you go to the mall what's it all like for you and he said if I go to the mall I have to go right when it first opens I have to know what store I'm going to I have to know what I'm going to buy and I have to get out of there and go right to my car afterwards otherwise I'm sitting sitting there signing autographs taking pictures and doing the like and I thought, we just live in completely different worlds. A little bit different. And that, Oh, totally different worlds. But he was always so gracious with the offensive line, always very thankful and passing down uh, credit. And after his uh, MVP season, he bought us all two first-class tickets to anywhere in the world. Those weren't cheap tickets. And I unfortunately had to have a uh, – foot surgery which canceled a trip that I had planned to Australia and I had a trip planned to Australia with my now wife when we've been married for 10 years but I had this epic two-week journey planned to Australia and I remember I had to have a foot surgery so I had to cancel the trip and I called and I said yeah could you put uh, the money back on LT's card he paid for the trip and I had no idea how much this whole thing cost and they said yeah sure sir We'll do that for you. And they go, so we are going to refund $21,000 to LT oh credit goodness. card. And I said, Oh my, Oh my <laughs> God. But he did that. He did that for like five or seven guys after he won the MVP. And that's just kind of shows you how gracious he was with his offensive lineman. That's unbelievable. And you know, he's a, he's a first class person. I talked about this with Steve Weiss too. It's it, you, you couldn't be happier for the guy just because he is a first-class person, first and foremost. And uh, there's a lot going on this weekend, Nick, with the Chargers. Obviously, the Hall of Fame ceremony Saturday, uh, a joint practice against the Rams at StubHub Center. Uh, the, the team's going to get their first taste of playing in there and actually against another opponent. I'm sure at this point of camp, they're excited to hit somebody else. Uh, but I want to get your overall thoughts on this first week in Costa Mesa. There's been a really good energy to training camp and the fans in Costa Mesa have provided that because that's reflected of what you see on the field. And I think the players are excited. It's a different feeling now because a lot of the guys who have been there for a number of years have had that very comfortable work environment where they go to Charger Park in San Diego and they've been in the same routines for years. Philip Rivers going on his 14th season where he's been in that same routine and training camp hasn't been anywhere different for him because it was at the Subhub Center our rookie year together, but he only showed up on the very final day in 2004 of his rookie training camp. So he doesn't know what that's like. All he knows is getting in that very familiar routine. And so taking it back to a training camp off campus location I think it really sends a mental signal to the guys that this is a different place this is where the work is done for the season and you don't get caught in that stagnant feel of this is just work this is just another day of work where you actually approach it differently because of its 
setting in a different environment. And I think that's got a real chance to be beneficial where guys know that when they get on the bus, they're going to practice at the park and they are there to work, to harden themselves up for the season. I think it's got a real chance to be mentally healthy for the team heading into the season. Yeah, I think that newness could be a real catalyst. And, and just this this environment at StubHub, I, I think it's going to be one of the most unique experiences in the NFL. 30,000 fans. What are you looking forward to uh, when you have your first preseason broadcast at StubHub, not this Sunday, but next Sunday when the team takes on the Seattle Seahawks? We're going to have some tremendous sight lines from a broadcast standpoint. It's going to be cool, gonna right? Be it's right going to be up. very unique. It's- God, it's going to be so cool. And at first, when you think of an NFL stadium, you think of these palaces, 70,000, 90,000, and you think of these big mega places. But the thing that those don't have is the feel of football. So you can see it and you get to participate in the crowd, which has its own unique energy, and that's fun. But the real attraction for me, a guy who comes from the field and has now worked up into the broadcast booth, is the power of the game and feeling that power. And you only get that when you're up close, when you're standing on the sidelines, when you're not that far removed, when you can actually hear the meat being tenderized, if you will, on the field with the guys that are the size of small water buffaloes just ramming into one another. To me, that's that's the real allure of football is hearing guys thumping one another at full speed, the size, the speed, the strength, all coming together in these huge clashes. To me, that's going to be something very unique and very attractive about the StubHub Center. I'm really pumped for you and money on Sundays, and and I know you're going to be doing a lot more above and beyond the game broadcast. Why don't you tell Chargers fans where they can expect to listen to you and, and see you this upcoming season? But you can hear me every day, every morning, if you'd like, from 6 to 9 a.m. We're like everyone's morning cup of coffee on Extra 1360 Fox Sports, and that's in San Diego. And then I'll be doing Chargers Digital Media work, so that'll be across all their social platforms and at Chargers.com. And we get some unique interviews with players, which I thoroughly enjoy being able to sit down as a former player with current players and kind of get behind the mind of the guys who are still lining up and getting it done. So they'll be able to find me in plenty of places. Awesome, man. Well, hey, this has been a a fun first week. We're going to put a bow on it with LT getting his gold jacket. He's Nick Hardwick. Nick, I look forward to catching up with you next week, man, and doing this again soon. All right. Thank you, Chris. All right. That'll do it for today's Chargers training camp podcast. A big thanks to Steve Weish and Nick Hardwick for joining me. The team will hold a joint practice with the Rams for season ticket and waitlist members at StubHub Center Saturday, the same day LaDainian Tomlinson receives his gold jacket. Keep it locked to Chargers.com all weekend long for exclusive coverage. And until next time, we'll see you soon.